Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You know, I think that because of of his work schedule and his hands-on involvement with the business that they had going on at the time, I think that, you know, he wasn't around a lot. So um, I... I almost catch myself trying to overcompensate with my kids on trying to be there and be hands-on and be a guide in some way. And I think that that's good in a way, but I think that, you know, you don't want to be so controlling that it's, it's that happy medium between controlling and, and having a disciplinary approach to it. Hey guys, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer, and this is the podcast for all us dads out there just trying our best. Welcome to the show. Man, uh, I just got back from a weekend with three of my best friends from college. They're all dads, and they're really some of those conversations that I've had with them in the past were kind of the impetus to begin attempting fatherhood. And I got to say, how powerful it is to have other dad voices in your life, encouraging you, challenging you, also giving you great road trip tips and that kind of stuff. And I was just like, yes, this is exactly what I want the podcast to be. And I'm really hopeful that this is the beginning of that community for you or an extension of an already existing community that can really help just keep us all moving forward here as dads. And this is the next to last episode for season one. So just a heads up, we've had an awesome season one. We have this episode, one more, and then I go on a short break, and then we start season two right around Father's Day. So on today's episode, Tony Hunt. This guy is a guy's guy. He's a race car driver who has transitioned into stunt driving. How do you even do that? And I know you've seen him, or at least you've seen his work if you've ever watched Fast and Furious 8 or 9 or Talladega Nights, or how about Ford vs. Ferrari? He won a World Stunt Award, essentially the Oscar for stunt driving, for his work doubling Christian Bale. Now, I met him a while ago when I was working on a Honda commercial, and uh, they were like, okay, Bradley, the the shot's going to be you in the car. You're going to be going through the mud and driving around here and kicking up dust. And I was kind of like, all right, yeah, I'm a pretty good driver. I've done some things. And then in walks Tony, and I was like, oh, oh, I guess I guess this will be the guy who who does that. And he did amazing. The car's like flying through the mud. Stuff's kicking up. He's just ripping through the grass. And I was like, yep, he did great. And then they cut back to me like pulling into frame. And I was just kind of like, that's what this truck can do. (laughs) And I know that no one watching that commercial thought, oh, Bradley must have done his own stunts. I don't. I clearly don't. While we were sitting in the car waiting for camera to get ready and all that, he just kind of casually mentioned he had spent a few weeks in Iceland or, or Greenland or something like that. He was driving those insane cars from Fast and Furious 8. Do you remember that? The ice scene, they're at the, is it like a Russian place and there's a sub that's got nukes and they have to stop the bad guy, or in this case, Charlie Theron, a bad girl, from getting them. And he was talking about these scenes that they were doing and they were driving and he was like, yeah, I was pretty sure we weren't going to die, but we got close. And he was just saying it so casually, like, I have to run an errand. Like, yeah, pretty sure we weren't going to die, but it, it was close. And I was like, if this guy is a dad, he's going to have some amazing advice. And guess what? He does. Here's Tony's dad stats. He's known his wife for 20 years, and he's been married for 15. Now, he has two kids, a son who's 11 and a daughter who's seven, and they all live in California. 
And one of the biggest things that stuck out to me from this interview was when Tony was talking about being around his kids. Now, of course, we hear a lot about being present or just spending time with your kids. But he was talking about how just being around his kids allows him to get to know his kids' friends. And also it allows him to translate things when they happen. And the kid is trying to make sense of what they've just heard or seen, or in this case, smelled. He recently took his kids and their friends to a skate park. And he talks about having to translate those those sights and the smells and the sounds and everything they experienced at the skate park and how he loves kind of pushing the boundary and getting his kids out of their bubble. He also talked about, you might expect this from a stunt driver, finding that threshold between danger and safety and, and how to kind of teach our kids that, right? Because you don't want to just totally bubble wrap your kids, but you also don't want to just be like, Okay, good luck out there. If you fall off the jump and break your arm, that's just up to you. I mean, clearly there's a line there. And I asked him, how do you kind of find that line? Oh, and uh, a little editor's note here. At one point, my daughter Ellis, who's eight, stops in and she she asks me a very, very pressing question. Um, so there's a little pause and you'll understand what's going on. But you want to stick around for that question. It's one I'm sure you've asked yourself as well. So now it's time to hear how Tony Hunt is attempting fatherhood. Tony, uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for coming on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Let's just start at the top with your dad's stats. I've been married um, for over 10 years now, and uh, and I have two great kids, uh, 7 and 11. My boy is 11, and my girl is uh, 7. And... Um, they are, you know, kids change every day. And in our business, you know, when we're traveling and stuff, you get to keep in touch with them through FaceTime or talking on the phone or, or whatever. But inevitably, when you get home, they're a changed little human being. So you have to almost like reintroduce yourself to them and be mindful that, you know, hey, mom's kind of taken over. She's <laughs> sort of the leader now. Right. And you right. have to reinstate your um, status. With yeah, I live the, here uh, too. I yeah. live here too. Come on, guys. <laughs> exactly. Where do I fit in here? Now, yeah. You know? But um, my kids are great. Um, they're, they're both very, very different kids. Um, you know, both very active, which is great, which we certainly um motivate and try to influence more activity and off devices and all those things that you know every other parent's going through but um you know my son plays soccer he's into that my girl my my daughter stella she's into gymnastics and uh stays real busy with that and we're coming and going all the time so it's it's a revolving door here as uh, most households are between now this new evolutionary uh you know homeschooling thing and now they're back to a hybrid and you know, we're just trying to make it all work and keep everybody's sanity level in check. And uh, hopefully they're gaining some sort of productive day out of it through learning and through uh, being productive citizens. If you could sum up their entirety, their entire being in a word, what word would you pick for each of them? I think my daughter is a uh, creative, which means that she could be creative with her personality she could be creative with her um which her personality is 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 wonderful very strong-willed and uh very um you know mindful of of uh everything that's going on around her which is always fun and uh growing my son um is uh he's he's very um he's a he's an alert son kid meaning that you know he's uh he takes in things processes it and um 
and 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 then makes a hopefully a log, log, logical decision. Um, not always. <laughs> I uh, like the hopefully. Yeah. The, the qualifier there is hopefully. That's really yeah. what what fatherhood is. Is like hopefully, hopefully this works. Hopefully they stay alive. There's a lot of hope involved. Hey, listen, we don't want any eyes poked out here. You know what I mean? So we're always trying to avoid the the um, inevitable um, ER uh, trip. So I'm always ready for it, ready to go. Keys are ready. Cars fired up. Let's just do this. You know what I mean? Hopefully it's, uh, it doesn't have any long-term damage. Did you, uh, were you just a crazy kid? Like, did you have like a ton of broken bones and scars and all that kind of stuff or not you know, quite? Not really. Um which was great because, you know, when we were kids, we were out and about, we were sun up till sundown. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have those distractions. So we were being creative with trying to keep ourselves busy. And, um, I was on a skateboard or on a, on a bicycle in some sort of fashion. And that was not only commute, uh, mechanism, but also a, a way to, you know, be socialized and to keep busy in your everyday activity. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of skin that was exchanged on, on <laughs> pavement and dirt and things like that. But fortunately I, I stayed out of the, uh, broken bone element until I obviously started racing cars in my yeah. later days. I guess really that's, that's the ideal race car driver. They are, they are just daring enough they're not crazy. Like you're not going to jump off of a, you know, the roof of a five story house. Nope. That doesn't make sense. But maybe a two story. Cause you're like, I've judged it. I know I could do it. So that, that fits you really well. It's that threshold thing. You know what I mean? I mean, you always want to be flirting with that threshold in life. And, um, you know, uh, obviously, uh, flirting with, uh, the, the danger side, but there has to be a threshold because in order to have a, any longevity in auto racing, and survive more or less, you have to know where that threshold is. And, you know, that threshold, you, you want to get there because that's where you're going to be on the edge and be somewhat the fastest, uh, uh, at your game. But, you know, that threshold is uh, sometimes a scary element, but you, you have to know it. And in order to, you know, succeed, you, you, um, you have to be able to be mindful of that and, and not go over it too many times. Well, how do you as a dad teach that? Because I feel like the the gray areas of life, that nuance is is one of those things that's so hard. And I love that you embody this spirit, like you just said, of kind of like finding the edge. But when it comes to your kids, it's kind of like back off the edge, right? At least that's how well, I am. So how do you absolutely. do that? Absolutely. I mean, it's all about physics. So you're, you know, you're watching your kids all the time and you're going, okay, 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 that that's not going to work. And whether, <laughs> you know, it's, and it's whether it's, it's their personality and whether their delivery on how they communicate with us or their friends. You know, I, I sadly, uh, when I'm around, I somewhat turn into this helicopter dad and, and I'm always mindful of just, you know, getting an earful on how they're interacting with their friends and, you know, their delivery with us and how they respond to us, but, but also in what they're doing. And, uh, you know, if they're out in the street and they've got this jump and it looks like it's too far the gap. And I know that their skill level isn't quite there yet. I'm going, okay, let's bring her back a little bit and we'll work our way up to it. You know what I mean? Cause, <laughs> totally, cause, totally. Because guess what? In, in the end of the day, you, you want to try to avoid those situations where, you know, that's not going to work. So if you can be mindful of that and visualize that the physics and you're just going, wait, that's not going to work, guys. I know that's going to maybe be fun and somebody's going to get a laugh out of it. But guess what? Dad's going to end up having to scrape some kid off the pavement and 
that's going to ruin my day. You know, exactly. I, mean? I don't have time to go to the hospital. Right. If you right. get hurt, we're staying home. Just so you yeah, know, you're going to exactly. have to sleep with the broken arm. That's yeah, just good, the mean, way it's going to be. Exactly. I mean, we've got dinner guys. We've got bedtime things. I mean, well, we've got a schedule here. You know what I mean? We you are going to shower without yeah. an arm and I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. Cause it's all about bedtime and getting the right amount of sleep for your healthy day of school tomorrow. That's exactly right. Hang on just a sec. Hey dad, just going to interrupt here real quick for some real talk. Now, listen, I don't know if your shower routine used to be like mine, but if it was, it was a bar of soap and a shampoo conditioner combo that you got at the 99 cent store. But now I'm in charge of small people's lives. I think I can do better than that. Thankfully, the team at Bird is here to help. Now, these guys have won awards from Men's Health and GQ. I've been using their products for more than a year now, and I'm so impressed. Their products use a ton of naturally derived ingredients, which actually makes a difference if you're going to be slopping lotion all over you and washing your face. I mean, your skin is full of pores. Do you want chemicals and stuff just being soaked into your body? No, of course not. They have a body wash, which I love. It's got sea kelp and green tea and aloe vera, and it's, it's just amazing all the stuff that they've got in there. Now, to support attempting fatherhood and dads like you and me, they're offering 15% off with the code BIRDAF for attempting fatherhood. Now, I'll put the link in the podcast notes to make it easy, but it's awesome because that supports the show and you get a great deal and you make your life that little bit better. Okay, now back to the show. And we're back. My daughter just walked in because there's a, a massive problem. She's trying to scan in a koala and the scanner is flashing lights. And I said, oh, is this something you have to turn in for school right now? And she said, no. And I was like, so can we do it in a little bit? And she said, yeah. And I was like, okay. All right. I, I kind of thought we already talked about this, which leads me to, to parenting number 101. No one listens to me in this house. I don't know if you feel that way. I, I try to... Um... I always try to be in mindful of my octaves, my, you know, my volume. And so usually the, the volume as it raises, it, it creates a little bit more attention level. And um, <laughs> I, I like how to, you're talking about this, like a doctor. Yeah. I try to limit that so it doesn't get overwhelming and I'll throw in a song or I'll create something because my kids hate me singing. But for some <laughs> reason, if it has something to do with singing, it catches their attention. So I'll, I'll relate some sort of scenario that we're dealing with into some song. I don't know where I pull it out of, but it I just love happens. that. And then the song creates the attention and then they go, dad, you got to stop singing. I said, okay, <laughs> so let's, let's all get on the same page here. What's an example? Do you have like, don't skateboard. If the jump's too big, you could die <laughs> yeah. and go to the hospital. Well, if they're like not listening to their zoom and they're not paying attention, I said, you know, I'll roll into some song about, you know, being mindful of education and that long-term wise, it's going to be beneficial and you're going to be better citizens and be much more socially acceptable. Oh and my I'll gosh. That's so deep out of that. Yeah. And so, and then they'll just be like, you know, processing it and then they'll start thinking and okay, now we're back engaged. Wow. Life's good. How would you define the title of fatherhood? A big R with uh, responsibility, you know, and, and being engaged and, and, um, trying to be mindful of all those learning lessons that are going to be impactful for them to have as far as a foundation as they grow up. But that, that's you, that those children are basically you and your, your, your job now is to provide a learning foundation that 
they can be good, productive humans in the future. And uh, I, I just I just don't know if you're ever really prepared for it, but I think that you have to go by instincts. And I, I was grown in a, in a great family and household and and was taught some very great, you know, things that are, were very impactful to me that I can, you know, carry on. And, you know, I, it's weird when you're a dad that when you see these things happening with your children, you're like, oh, I kind of remember that time of life. And I kind of remember that process on how they're thinking about it, you know? And I have to remind myself that, you know what, some of these things, they have to learn on their own. You can't walk them through it because guess what? I, you're going to, we're getting to that point in their age where they're like, no, I'm going to be stubborn about this. I want to kind of learn this on my own. I want to assert myself, that. make yeah. my own choices. Yep. Absolutely. And you're kind of going, okay, I, I got to be mindful of that. I can't, I can't throw out the, um, the how to book on this because I think that these lessons sometimes are learned better if they're done organically, so to speak. I love that. Um, do your kids watch? So my daughter is seven. She'll be eight in, a, in about a month. And her new favorite show is Bluey. Have you guys gotten on oh, to Bluey? Man. No, not Bluey. Yet. Oh. We're a little bit into YouTube and they watch the Disney shows and stuff. So, you know, but, you know, that's another thing you got to be mindful of um, what's, you know, what's popping up on YouTube these days because they're throwing in everything at these kids. And it's like, oh, well, maybe that's not appropriate. And uh, let's Let's sort of slow the roll on what you're actually getting fed on information and, you know, how edgy is it, you know? So it's all a process that we're trying to do and keep mindful of that and, and keep a life going. You know what I mean? Keep, keep our livelihoods going. And so right. Your livelihoods and your life and who you are as a person, you can't spend all your time just like, you know, like you said, like trying to be a dad, you have other things to do. Do you think it's never been harder to be a dad or it's never been easier to be a dad? It is tougher, I think, um, this whole, you know, tech side and the internet and, um, you know, social media and all these other things that, you know, are captivating these children these days. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a learning process for us as well. Um, and, you know, we have to be aware of it, mindful of it Mm -hmm. and address it appropriately in regards to, you know, how we feel in our gut that, the information is getting, you know, processed. So in a way it is, in a way it's not. Is this what you expected? Like when you and your wife either discussed having kids or maybe kids kind of came out of nowhere, you were like, this is what it's going to be like to be a dad, or is this totally different? Uh, in a way, I think on the high level, it's what I was expecting, but then there's so much more of the tweaks and little intricacies that are that are that you didn't know about and the sanity level and the tolerances and the you know everybody's you know just going helter skelter on on just trying to maintain some sanity in the household on a daily basis and i think we've got a my, my fortunately my wife is is awesome and she's super chill and um doesn't overrev as we like to say and uh and keeps it all in check as well. So it's a good balance, uh, good teamwork, and we all try to make it work. And certainly there's, there's, there's challenges, but you know, if, if you're on the same page, so to speak, which we are, uh, it really helps on, um, you know, providing that, uh, disciplinary sort of, um, approach to it. I think you hit on something so crucial that the idea of being on the same page, that was something that I remember in premarital counseling, one of the big, uh, you know, we learned so much through that. I, I credit therapy 
with so much success in my own life as a person. Uh, I had about three years of it in LA. Um, and then once uh, kind of before we got married, we had a, a maybe six or eight sessions, something like that. But one of the things there was this idea that you're making a decision together. And so if, and why that's so good is because if you go down that path and it sucks or it breaks or it's wrong, you're not finger pointing like, no, no, yeah. I didn't want to do this, but you said we should. And so even if you're both wrong, at least you're both together in it. Right. And I feel like we've, we've reckoned that a little bit with our daughter as well, which is kind of like, we got to be on the same page with discipline. My son is one. There's not a lot of discipline going on there more. He's, he's disciplining me. He's like, yeah, no dad, <laughs> I go to bed now. I wake yeah. up now. I need food now. I, okay. Absolutely. I'm getting better at it. Um, Absolutely. but yeah, that's such a, that's such a crucial element to that. And I think uh, at least in my experience, your kids pick up on that and they really, they want to trust that there's some captain or captains at the helm that are moving this ship in the right direction. Otherwise it's mutiny. Children um, test your limits and yes. they're always trying to see where <laughs> your vulnerabilities are and what they can get away with. So um, when, when you have two very um, strong foundations of information that's coming to them, then they, they kind of see, well, oh, I'm kind of boxed in a corner here. I guess that's the way it's going to roll out today. <laughs> you know, 99% uh, basically on the same page. So we can deliver that in a timely matter. We don't have to go into like a group discussion and say, oh, what's your decision on this or what's mine? And then get back to the children. You know, let's get back to you on this. Getting married a little bit later, you have a better understanding. This is, I can only speak for my myself, but a better understanding of who you are, and, and how to communicate and those types of things so that that shorthand, which you developed over 15 years, can just be a look right to your wife. That's like, we're doing this, we're doing this instead of what you talked about before, which is like time out, kids. We need to go have a quick committee meeting and then we'll return. Well, you're, you're right. I think that as you, you know, obviously, if you get old married a little bit older in life, you have a lot more life lessons that you've learned. Uh, the other side to that is that you get a little more set in your ways. So, right, uh, right. That's the balance. <laughs> yes. So I think when you get married a little later and then all of a sudden become a union and then you get kids and stuff, well, those ways that you had, which might've been a little more, um, had a little more flair, so to speak. And I was this cowboy that was racing all over the world and having a great time and staying out late and, you know, and living that lifestyle, it changes drastically. So you have to be, um, uh, you know, you have to fit into that other mold and lifestyle. And, and sometimes that's, you know, it's an adjustment. Do you miss the cowboy? I mean, or do you just see it as like, that was a chapter in my life. Now this is a chapter. Or are you kind of like, oh man, where's my horse? I got to get out of here. Yeah. I mean, I do in a way. And, and I bet, you know, you know, when you become a, a dad and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're doing this schedule of, you know, getting the kids to bed in school. Well, guess what? You're, you're in bed at eight 32 or nine. Right. You know? So, exactly. You know, that, that cowboy lifestyle that used to start at about 11 o'clock at night and roll through the night doesn't right. always exist. So I don't even really know it because my eyes are closed at night. At that time. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you miss that. Uh, and, and certainly, you you look back at those days and go, God, that was fun, and I'd love to do that. But then I think when you try that and you you try that one time, just like a little taste of it, you go, Oh God, that hurt. You know what I mean? That wasn't any fun. <laughs> that, that next day is no fun after that. No good. So. It's so funny because I used to have FOMO, right? Fear of missing out, and now I have foams, fear of missing sleep. 
you know, someone will be like, hey, let's go out at like eight o'clock. Let's get a babysitter. You guys could roll with us. I'm like, well, let's see if we go out at eight. That's not dinner <laughs> till nine. Food doesn't hit the table till 945. We're going to talk 1045. That's me in bed at midnight. I just, I yeah. just don't think so. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. My next day will just not be a good it's day. It's just not. And I, got, I can't I, afford to lose it. I can't. Know? There's just too much going on. We got right. soccer and Home Depot. You know, sometimes I'm closing the blinds here and you know, sunset is beautiful and it's seven o'clock and we're starting to do dinner. Well, we've done dinner. We're starting to do bedtime and stuff. And I'm just looking out there like there's so much more of the day. Like I still want to be a part of that. And, uh, and it's hard sometimes. Cause it's like, that's the, you know, the old me was grab life by the horn, squeeze every ounce of life out of it. And, and what I've started processing is I'm still doing that. It just looks differently. And, and being okay with that, you know, and, and trying to let myself have the freedom in that to say, this is where I am now. And there will be a time when my daughter grows up and she's at college and my son grows up and he's at college. We're, well, actually, probably not college because we can't afford college these days, but they'll be in vocational training somewhere at McDonald's. I don't know. And, and my wife and I'll be like, oh, it's us again, you know, kind of thing. So I'm really trying to stay in the now, uh, but it's not easy. You, you sort of process it and you rationalize and sort of justify, hey, you know, you, you got to be mindful of, you know, are you going to be gone next week with work? Should you stay around this week? Should you be hands on? You know, so you're trying to balance that schedule of, you know, what your work forecast looks like based on what you're doing at home at the current time and how you should process, you know, hey, I can stay off uh, some email activity or whatever now because I can do it later when they're in bed or something because I need to apply myself more to being hands-on with the kids because I know I'm going to be gone next week and I'm not going to have that time. So that whole being mindful of your schedule and how that relates to being you know, uh, hands-on with the kids is, is really important. Now, you obviously travel a lot for work and you've done some amazing, super cool things. And we talk about cowboy. You're like a cowboy who's getting paid, whereas before it was just like cowboy for cowboy. Um, do your kids think my dad has the coolest job in the world? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, I don't know if they've totally processed it yet because they haven't seen real life in regards to, hey, there's such thing as a nine to five cubicle job. Right. And unless right. you've seen that and then seen what dad does, you don't really have a, a, a gauge or a, a, a range of sort of perspective on yeah, nothing what to reality it to. is. Yeah. Um, but so next week I told them that I'm going to double Macaulay Culkin. And they immediately went home alone and they went nuts. And so um, they were super jazzed about that. I think more jazzed about that than, than Christian Bale. So they. Wait, what they, does that they, say, they, though, for a second about Macaulay Culkin that a, that a 50 year old is doubling him? I mean, for our viewers at home, our listeners, rather, that that's why I like drop my jaw when you're like, oh, I'm 50. I'm like, what? You're going to double Macaulay Culkin. I know, but you know what? He's not young anymore either. No, he's not. I saw a picture of him. He's not young and he's had a little bit of uh, some world happen to him, I think. So I think he he's aged up a little bit. Poor I think guy. When you live on the edge like that, you 
and you pass that threshold on occasion, it seems to add a few years to you. That's really cool. Yeah. And I love, you know, uh, I think you make a great point too, that relativistic nature, even though I feel like the freelance world can be really hard with what you talked about as far as setting those boundaries and trying to find like, this is kid time. Don't check my email. Don't check my email. Don't respond to this. I'll do it in an hour. That's so hard to do sometimes. Absolutely. And so like what I have to remind my kids of is that when they see, you know, Johnny next door or whatever, and their dad, you know, being gone all that time and not being around, I say, well, you have to be aware that, you know, at some point dad had that lifestyle. And now because I'm older, I have a little bit different lifestyle and a little bit different earning or livelihood in regards to what I do which gives me a little bit more flexibility, but that's not such the norm. And I want them to understand that, you know, that's, you know, I'm around a lot, be uh, uh, grateful of it, be appreciative of it, but be mindful that that's not necessarily the norm. So, you know, when you grow up, there's going to be challenges and there's going to be hurdles that you have to do in regards to finding the right fit in your livelihood and what you love to do and what makes you happy that are going to be time demanding. And you have to put in the time. It's and it, that time and the the amount of uh, effort that you put forward will gain you those opportunities that give you more flexibility in life as you get older. I think that's great advice. You kind of strike me as a guy who, uh, like, I feel like your dad was like work ethic, like discipline and work ethic. And I think generationally that sounds pretty familiar, but also just sounds like that's something that became so important to you. Was that true? Like how you grew up with, with your father? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I am a observer uh, in life of people that are successful. And I realize that in order to be successful, you have to put the time in going out there and giving 110% in whatever they're doing, even if it's in a job that they're not really jazzed about. I think that that will pay dividends in the end in regards to a relationship, a networking opportunity that you had during that time that someone saw the effort that you're putting forward. And you referenced your family earlier. What's something that you specifically remember your dad kind of either imbuing because you saw him do it, or maybe it was a sit down conversation of this is how to be a dad or this is how to be a man or something. One of those moments um, that really sticks out to you. You know, just his hands on involvement of, of work and, 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 you know, not being around a lot. And I always question, well, you know, wh- where is he and what, what's he doing? And I thought, you know, this is, you know, gosh, he's putting in a lot of time at work and he's there late, yada, yada. And I, I could never quite process that because I just thought that, oh, everybody's home at, you know, five o'clock and sitting down at dinner at five thirty and, you know, you've got this uh mom and pop scenario and and beaver cleaver sort of environment right, that right. everybody's supposed to have. And and that's not always the case. And so, you know, you have to be mindful of that and think that, you know, there's a lot of hard, hard times put in uh, you know, time wise in order to be a provider. And um you know, it's, it doesn't come easy. You have to work for it. And, um, you know, until you process all that and see that in the real world, it's hard to put that into, um, you know, some sort of justification. And what about something that maybe, uh, maybe he either did consciously or, or didn't do, you know, in, in your upbringing that, you know, maybe you and your wife have talked about and said, well, that wasn't a part of how I was raised, but we're going to add that in. You know, I think that because of of his work schedule and his hands-on involvement with the business that they had going on at the time. I think that, you know, he wasn't around a lot. So, um, 
I have, I almost catch myself trying to overcompensate with my kids on trying to be there and be hands-on and be a guide in some way. And I think that that's good in a way, but I think that, you know, you don't want to be so controlling that it's, it's that happy medium between controlling and, and having a disciplinary approach to it. You know, you want to have them be, um, make their own decisions in a way that you're, they're not always looking for you. For right. Guidance, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, dad, do he, do you know, what, what's my next move? Is this you know okay? I mean? Do I do this? Yeah, where, yeah. Exactly. Tell me, tell yeah. me where to go. And you have to plant those seeds of, of confidence and, 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 certain somewhat instruction so that they can make those decisions because guess what? They grow up fast and they're out in the world in a heartbeat and they're having to make those decisions and be mindful of what their gut is telling them. I love that. You're on the precipice of, uh, of hormone explosions. You've oh, got, right. You've got uh, high school staring at you. You got driving staring at you. When you look to the next four or five years as a dad, what are you most nervous about or uncertain about or anxious about? Uh, high school is going to change the whole dynamic of uh, social interaction, you know, um, persuasion and, and influence and all those things at, you know, school and all the heartbreak and, uh, you know, the highs and the lows and uh, obviously that are going to deal, you're, you're going to, you know, have that going on with the emotion and hopefully be there and as a, uh, support mechanism, you know, mentally for them to, to get through it. Cause it's, it's, it's yeah, it's going to be challenging. You know, one of the things I really like about my kids is that, uh, Logan is, is, is a great big brother. And I tell him, I said, Hey, you know, we're going to, you're, you're going to have friends over and, there's going to be a lot of interaction. Everybody's going to be coming and going and, and, and interacting. And I said, you need to be mindful of the surroundings and your friends and how they interact with your sister and be supportive of them or, and of her and, and more or less have her back because, uh, you know, um, you know, you're, you guys are all growing up and everybody's got their own agenda and, and uh, feelings get hurt in a heartbeat, and you just need to be mindful of what's going on when your friends are around. And you know. that's such great advice. I feel like kids. Uh, this is again just my experience, but when you when you give a clear directive in those types of ways, when you really kind of cast a vision to a kid about their responsibility of being a leader in the house and taking care of your sister and stuff like that. That really gives them some some rails with which they can help make decisions, I feel like. And, and saying that now is so crucial. Absolutely. So that layering of responsibility and how he needs to you know, step up to the plate and be more mindful of all that stuff is, I think, really good for him you know, too. As far as being a dad, are you afraid that there's any of those like, like sins of your past, like your crazy wild days are going to be repeated and like how you're going to deal with that as a parent? Absolutely. I I (laughs) mean, shaking your head, like, like everything is running through your head right now. I can see it. The Rolodex of past. I, yeah, I don't, that knock on the door and the police showing up. I just, (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. Right. It's like how, okay. You know, I, I think I'm a pretty calm guy and I can, you know, address situations very analytical and, yeah. and process it in the right yeah, way. You're a precision stunt yeah, driver. This exactly. is how you live so, life. Yeah. You can't shoot from the hip in scenarios like that. And you have to be um, mindful of, the, like I said, all the surroundings and what's going on at that time and how everybody's reacting to it. But yeah, I'm, 
I'm, cut to cut yeah, to the police I, showing up and Tony being like, "What? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> My kid? No way! No way! I would have no never way. have done that." Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so, him in the cruiser, right? Well, and that's the thing is you, you and and uh, you know you go through that on a daily basis. You're like, you know, your kid does something, and you're going, "Wow, what are you thinking?" You know, that is the worst thing ever. But you're going, "Oh shit, I that I did that." <laughs> I actually did that when I was that age. Literally so, that exact same thing. Absolutely. So I'm like, how can I be so overreactionary over oh, man. I did, you know? So yeah. those are the things you're just going, oh, I got to Do you cop to it? This, you do know? you say like, how could you? And then like, you know, 15 minutes later, you're like, you know what, yeah, actually, I, I got to be big, honest with you. Yeah. I do the big sigh like, all right, Logan. Okay. Maybe I did do that when I was your age, but <laughs> let's, let's, let's think about this and let's think about the repercussion. That's a different oh day and age these days. Right, so right, right. To, yeah. You know, I give him that scenario. Like, That's good. You can't Wait, which do is that true. Anymore. So yeah. it's like the doorbell ditch thing. Okay. I did that. All right. My kid, my kid has done that. And so the other day, a neighbor comes running down the street, full sprint, and he is on fire. I mean, he's like, these kids keep, you know, doorbell ditching me and yada, yada. And I'm like, oh man, I said, Hey, I'm sorry. I said, let me address this. I will, you know, take charge of this. I really am sorry. And so I'll get Logan, you know, at the house and I'll say, Hey dude, you, you know, you can't do this. I say, Logan, people come out with guns these days. I say, yeah. you know, I put the fear in them. I say, Hey, yeah. you're going to get shot. You know, doorbell ditching people get this shot. It's not so worth it. Yeah. If I put the, if I put the fear in them, it's like, okay, then, then all of a sudden the lights go on and go, okay, yeah. maybe doorbell ditching is a good. So that's my mechanism to like prevent other things from escalating. Like, yes. Yes. You know, like let's not, let's not steal, um, you know, Christmas, uh, decorations for people's front <laughs> you know, lawns. I mean, people get irate over that. People's emotions are way out of control these days. So let's, yeah. let's avoid that. Cause you know, dad doesn't want to have to be rolling that in the, you know, grass out in the neighborhood with another neighbor. You know what I mean? So you, know, <laughs> um, you just end everything with like, and you could get shot. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. just like, yeah, don't Absolutely. do it because it could hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. Also, yeah. you could get shot and you right. don't know. And then and then there's paperwork and there's ambulances and everything's, you know, it, it creates a whole other dynamic in the neighborhood. And let's, let's not go there. Well, it's so funny you bring that up. I didn't even think about it because like when I was a kid, that was a thing, too. You would toilet paper people's, you know, trees. Oh, you would you would put signs in their yards. We did like. um uh, like laundry detergent in the grass so you couldn't really see it. And then when it rains, it suds up, you know, oh, kind of brilliant absolutely. stuff. But now you've got ring doorbells with video yep. cameras. You have motion detected lights. Yep. You have like, you are not getting away with that. There's absolutely. no, you got them all. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like, clearly show your son. Like, look, look, if someone comes to us, we have this separate right. shed in the back that looks like a security <laughs> camera situation at a museum. I've got a command center. I mean, it's like, here, here we go. Let's take a look and see who is there, you know? And so this could be you. And I, I really don't want you on the news because guess what? There's pictures and there's cameras and, you know, we're not getting away with this. You know, there's a, there's a visual now. It's so funny how... That's totally brought me back to a story that I have not even thought about in so long. I was driving home to my parents' house. I was at college. I was home for the summer, coming back from work, and I drive down, and this car pulls out of my driveway, which I don't recognize, and tears off down the street. Now, I've got younger brother and sister. could be their friends, but the way they were driving, I was like, that was weird. So I pull into the house, and I'm like, what, what, what happened? What was that? And my mom was like, oh, some kids just ringing the doorbell. And I was like, what? Like, why is that? Yeah. Why does it matter? I don't know. I was I was irate, just like you talked about, and I was like, 
I'm going to wait for them to come back. So like That's I put my car on the street. I am, yeah. Yes, it was a violation. I, I grabbed, <laughs> we didn't have guns, thankfully. Right. I grabbed two softballs and a baseball and I waited behind the garage. And when I heard the car go and I listened inside, ding dong, tear off running around. They're like, ah, he's coming. And I'm throwing these balls. I get in my car and I'm driving like crazy. And there's a little voice in me that's saying, you could die chasing these people that just rang your doorbell, but there's right. so much, hey, I, the violation, I think it's the violation. And so you're right. These days you cannot mess with that. A few months back, we got doorbell ditched and um, I was really timely about it. So I went running out the front door and I ended up catching the kids and they were Logan's friends or whatever, whatever. I said, Hey guys, Hey, I said, guys, let's, let's take a look at this. I said, I was the doorbell ditch King. You're not yeah. going to get away with this. I will catch <laughs> you every time. And they always remind Logan of that they said, your dad was like, he was like speedy Gonzalez out the door. <laughs> he found us in the bushes. He yes. was like, and he, he reminded us that he was, he had black paint he, under his yes. eyes. And, <laughs> and, and he had uh, night vision. It was like, yeah, he had night, night vision. vision goggles. Right? Oh, it's yeah. so good. I'm thankful for him to be around is that I can interact with his friends. I can interact with them as on an adult level. Like at this point, you know, we're transitioning into adult. We need to make adult decisions. We can't, you know, we can't get away with, oh, you're just kids. You know, you guys are, you know, you have to be mindful of opening doors and being respectful and saying thank you and all those things. And, you know, and I find it, I kind of find myself because I am around and I'm usually towing these kids around somewhere, bike park or skateboard park or whatever, you know, um, that, hey, you know, um, I'm going to be that guy that if, if one of your buddies is out of line, I'm, I'm going to put him in check because guess what? I'm that guy. And, you know, uh, and if they're with us, then they're kind of in, you know, in I'm, I'm their, their caretaker, so to speak. So I've always held to the idea that, you know, we've told Ellis, like, let, let us be the bad guys. If you feel like you're in a situation that you don't want to be in, you can always, uh, my parents told me I have to come home or my parents told me if I do this, I'm going to get in serious trouble. Like that way it's not on you. So you don't have to feel embarrassed at the party when everyone wants to do X, Y, Z. And and that's fine. I don't care. Your, your friends don't have to like me. That's, Absolutely. that's not what my job is. Absolutely. You know, the other day we were over at the skateboard park and, uh, had a group of, you know, the neighborhood boys with me or whatever. And the skateboard park has some creative, um, personalities there and some visuals that you're not going to see on an everyday basis. Um, it's a very, uh, um, let's say it, it can be a little bit of an edgy, um, environment on not only the visual things that you're seeing, but the acoustic things that you're hearing and the, Oh, the whole smells, experience, the smells yes. that you're hearing, yeah. all, all your senses things. are oh, like, this is yeah, not like, my house. Right. What's this different? Is odd. That smell doesn't, that's not a regular cigarette, is it dad? And so when we leave there, um, a lot of times I have to give them a little bit of a worldly sort of chat about, okay, guys, well, this is what you saw and this is what you heard. And maybe that's not, you know, always the right thing, but be mindful that, you know, people have different lives and people were, you know, they were raised differently and things like that. And to give them, you know, that it's, it's not like, oh, that's the wrong thing to do and never do that. But it's more of a grounding sort of perspective thing on, you know what, these are kind of the things you're going to see and experience in life. And just be mindful that, 
you know, that may not be a direction for you and may not be the right thing to do, but you know, that that's going to happen. And I think that's great. And I think having lived in a whole bunch of cities myself and traveled a lot because I felt like there's a lot of value in our family for that kind of thing, you get to experience these other cultures and it really provides a framework for your kids to make decisions because they realize there are other people that think a different way. There are other things out there, you know, it's kind of like you were talking about growing up. That's just the way your life was. Dad worked a lot. That was just it. And dad worked, you know, and, and this is, these were the rules of the house and whatever. And, and I think having that, even that discussion, that proactive discussion with them is so vital, especially when I walked into high school, I was like, I knew nothing. I was so sheltered. It was like, People were like, oh my gosh, like I love this band. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. Or, you know, and they're like wearing clothes. Like, what is that brand? And their hair is whack. And, and I went to a pretty like average suburban high school. This wasn't like dangerous minds or something. And, and because no one really talked to me about the differences of life, I felt really underprepared and kind of in shock, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the thing that you would rather not you know, create that, um, for your kids and you, you want them to be worldly. You want them to see different things. Uh, you want them to be able to have a, um, unbiased opinion on things and have a perspective that, Hey, let's take another look at this and see why that person is doing that or have an understanding of, you know, a little bit more than making a quick judgment. All right, dude, I want to wrap it up. But before we go, uh, I want to find out what would you, what would be your dad vice for other dads out there? Um, happy hour. Absolutely. Happy hour. <laughs> make sure you don't forget happy hour. That's no, good. I'm, That's I'm just good. kidding. Um, well make your own happy hour. Yeah, I guess, exactly. Right? Just, just be happy. And that, I think the hardest thing in life is to be that role model. It's like having a job. It's, um, evol- always evolving this job. And, uh, it's not like you, you can just go buy any playbook. And because in our world, things change so much that you have to, you know, it's almost like a different playbook on, you know, for a football team. You just got to yeah, that's good. throw a like different that. play at it and hope that it has some success and somebody catches it on the other side and you win. But sometimes you're not going to win. And and uh, that's that's the other thought, you know, thought process in, in kids is you're not always going to win in life. So you got to be you got to take the good with the bad and, and keep on keeping on because uh, it's um, it's it's a challenging game. Well, dude, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'm so excited uh, to be able to sit down and chat with you about attempting fatherhood. (laughs) All right. Take care. Thank you. Have a good day. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and, and gets you excited about living your life, doing what you're doing. If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Again, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.